0: When all I feel is fear inside, I don't wanna open up my eyes. Lord, I know I'm nothing at all. When I'd rather do anything than open up my mouth and speak. Deep in my heart I hear you call. And silence is the warmest place to hide. Would you give me courage and bless the words of this speaking wise? Hi guys, it's Mandy with the Speaking Wife Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful week this week. I think I start out every single podcast by saying that, but I really mean it. I really hope that you're having a good week. And if you're not, I hope that somehow through this podcast, I can make you smile. That's one of my favorite things is to make my friends laugh. So hopefully I will be able to do that just a little bit today while also talking about something that I feel like is universal that we all struggle with. And sometimes we're not trained on what to do when we're feeling this way when we're having these emotions. And so um today I wanted to talk a little bit about loneliness and feeling like that you have no friends because everyone that I've ever spoken to has felt this way and it has really surprised me because there are a lot of people that I feel like they have it all together. They have never felt this way. They have so many people that love them and look up to them and they have so many people that they minister to. And it's incredible to me how universal this feeling of just feeling like you don't really have someone in your corner. This is something that is just across the board in every race, in every position. It doesn't matter if you're in ministry or if you've never attended church before ever. It doesn't matter where you live, how much money you have. This is something that everyone I've ever spoken with has struggled with. And I feel like that it's something that we are always feeling like we're the only ones struggling with. So no matter how much we we know deep down that we can't be the only ones, it will feel like we are the only ones that is swimming in this sea of being overwhelmed and being alone and having no friends and you feel like that this is a hopeless situation. There's nothing you can do about feeling this way. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. And as I've told y'all in so many episodes, when I talk to you about something, it's not because I was sitting in my chair and suddenly had this great beam of revelation that, oh, the common folk must feel these things. If I talk to you about something, it's because it's something that I have struggled with or that I am trying to learn how to work my way around and not just allow the feelings to dominate what I do and my my reactions and my actions. And so never feel like that I'm coming to you from a place of loftiness or having it all together. That couldn't be further from the truth. Like I've said several times, I'm right down here with you. I feel like we're all pulling together. And the more that we become united in the way that we're pulling, the stronger we'll become together. So, having kind of given that disclaimer, I wanted to say that the feeling, by definition, a feeling is something that is happening. It's something that's in motion. So, when we're feeling lonely, It's easy to believe in that moment that this is how we will always feel. We'll always be alone. We'll always have someone that it seems like all the friends are far off and not actually in our corner. We we can see friends and we have people who might say that there are friends, and then we will still find ourselves in these places of loneliness. And so by definition, as I said, it's a, it's a something that's happening. It's in motion, it's moving, and this is not going to stay this way. So that's something that we have to realize first. I almost said recognize and realize together. We have to realize that It's something that is in the process of happening. It's not something that is going to settle over you and lock you up unless you allow it to do that. So, as with every other feeling that we've talked about in different podcasts, your feelings are not the truth. Just because you're feeling something doesn't mean that that is reality. The problem, especially with us women, is that feeling is connected to every single thing. So, if feeling is happening... A feeling of any kind it can overwhelm every reality and every fact that's actually going on and we have to intentionally grab a hold of this feeling and not allow it to dominate us and to be what decides the trajectory of our lives so recognizing that will be the very first thing that we need to do when we're feeling lonely and like every other feeling we're going to have this feeling every now and then Nothing that we talk about or that I've ever learned has suggested that we can make it to where we are never sad, or we are never lonely, we are never upset, we are never angry. We have to kind of move past that, or I have had to really work on moving past that, because that's what I would prefer. I would prefer... To suddenly read the perfect scripture or listen to the perfect podcast, read the perfect book and that be the key that unlocks my ability to never get upset, to never lose my temper, to never feel hurt, never feel lonely, never feel sad, never have a bad day. That's what I want. I want to always be happy. And to always be encouraging to others. And to always be in a good place. And that's not what's going to happen. So if we know that we're going to deal with these feelings on a continual basis, they're going to pop up every now and then. We have to, I I want to say we have to learn which hammer to use in this game of whack-a-mole with our feelings. And we have to know how to fight back and not allow the feeling to be the thing that rules over us that day. So when we've recognized that it's a feeling, that it's not fact, then we have to think about what can we do or what are we doing that is not helping or helping this feeling. I feel like one of the things right now in society is that we're very trained to be receivers we are trained to have our hands open at all times not in giving but in receiving what can you do for me how can you help me what can this person bring to my life and those those are wonderful things to have in your life to have people that bring things and that give you beautiful gifts those are all wonderful things that we all love but biblically And if we are to be like Christ, we are supposed to be opening our hands to give. And the receiving just automatically eventually comes after giving, but that's not supposed to be our goal. But as a society, we are always trained in the opposite of whatever Christ has called us to do. If you look at any situation anything that we are supposed to do like christ and then you compare it with what you're being told in society you will always be told the exact opposite because that is the enemy's goal is to lead you the opposite direction so if you sit down and you rely on what society is telling you you're going to stay in this place of loneliness and the feeling of friendlessness because they're not going to tell you what you need to do to get friends or to cultivate that kind of atmosphere and relationships in your life. But if we go to the Word of God, He tells us very clearly what we can do and how we can respond to these action, these feelings, what actions we can respond with in our life. So it's up to us to decide that we're not going to allow this to be what dictates where we go in life or who we're kind to or what actions that we take. Not only is this affecting us as moms and as dads, but this is affecting our children because they watch what we do when we come to these places in our lives where we're struggling with these feelings, we're overwhelmed by these emotions. They hear what we say, but they're watching what we're doing. And what we're doing is what they're learning from. They they may learn a little bit by what we say, but looking back over my own life the things that i have learned the most from is not what someone said to me this is a hard truth for me to accept because i'm a talker i like to talk i like to give helpful advice i like to have something encouraging to say And so I want my children to mainly learn from what I say, but that's not what happens. They're learning from watching us. So us taking hold of our emotions and our feelings and deciding what we are and are not going to allow to take charge of us is not just about us. It's about the fact that our children and so many other people are watching what we do in these moments of indecision or these moments of crisis in our lives. When really nothing might even be going that wrong on the outside, but our emotions seem to be just taking the lead, and they're watching what we do. So it's not just about you changing your life, but you're going to change the lives of your children. You're going to change the coping mechanisms that they carry into adulthood with them. So one of the first things that we need to be willing to admit is that we need to be retrained sometimes, whether it's in having compassion. If our first reaction is criticism, sometimes we need to notice that in ourselves and we can't just say, well, this is just who I am that you're probably going to hear that in many of my podcasts because that is a major, major pet peeve of mine. Don't settle for that. Don't settle for just saying, well, this is just who I am. Absolutely not. You are not that one dimensional. You can change. You can grow. You can be better. You can be someone that makes a difference. We all have the ability to take a good hard look at ourselves and notice the things that need to be changed if we will just do it. It's a lot more painful to do that than it is to just sit on your high horse and look at everyone else and pick out what everyone else needs to change. But a high horse is really lonely and I would rather not be alone Then not have to face the things that I need to change. There are a lot of things, (laughs) so many things that I need to change about myself and that I feel like I'm continually a work in progress anyway. But we first have to recognize that we need to change something about ourselves. So one of the things that helps me is if I'm looking at what I would really, truly love to find in a friend, if I'm looking at all of these characters and all of these traits that I see, that I I wish that I could be friends with this ideal person, if you have this in your mind, you know, when you're feeling lonely and you wish that you had someone you could call to talk to, who would that person be? Would that person be critical of you? Would that person shut you down when you're feeling overwhelmed or... Would they kind of mock your pain and tell you all the reasons why you're wrong? Would they go and tell everyone what you told them? No, all of the things that we would look for in a person, the reason that will help us to identify that list is because then those are the characters that you can begin to cultivate in your own heart and in your own life And that will make a big difference in the way you're able to reach out to others and develop the close friendships that you're really wanting deep down. So if we want someone that's merciful, if we want someone that's compassionate, someone that's gracious and understanding, someone that is long-suffering and they're a good listener, they're trustworthy, they're someone that we know we can call with anything that we're struggling with and it's not going to go to anyone else. Something that I've dealt with a lot in the circles that I've grown up in is there's kind of an attitude of it's not really talking about someone or betraying their trust because you're, quote, worried about them and you're just sharing why you're worried. That's not acceptable and that's not a foundation for friendship. That's not a foundation for a quality friendship. If you want real, long-lasting friendships, You have to be trustworthy and that's something that I had to take a hard look at myself and realize that I was kind of just following along the pattern of what I've been taught and what I had seen a lot of others around me do and it's a hard thing to stop and look at yourself because it it hurts your pride. It hurts your, your dignity a little bit and I have had to go to people that I recognized in my life that I did not I was not trustworthy when they trusted me, and I want a friend that's trustworthy, and I've had to go to individuals and apologize for my lack of understanding for what it means to be a true friend. It wasn't that I was intentionally wanting to hurt them or make them not trust me, but it was something that I had not learned. I had either not been trained in or I had not gone into God's Word for myself to learn, And These are things that we have to do. If we would expect this out of our own good friend, we can hold ourselves to no less of a standard. We have to be willing to take a look at ourselves and change and work on the things in our own hearts before we expect others to do the same thing. So no matter what it is that you struggle with, if you struggle with saying the the kind thing, if you're very bashful and so it feels extremely awkward to say something nice. You know, it's funny to me that I've noticed that it's so much easier to say the critical thing or it's so much easier to get frustrated and say the thing out of anger than it is to notice something about someone that you admire or that is beautiful and to say that out loud. And once again, this goes back to the, the enemy will always lead us the opposite direction of what Christ has called us to be. And when he's called us to be encouragers and he's called us to bear one another's burdens and he's called us to speak life to those around us and that the power of life or death is in our words and in what we speak, we're always going to find it easier to say the negative thing. Because if we say the positive thing, we're building. And it is so much easier to tear down than it is to build. Anyone can come in and have a demolition derby with the person that's sitting next to them. Anyone can come in and be critical and thoughtless and rude. But if your goal is to find friends, your goal is to develop deep friendships, then we first have to examine us because... Sitting in our chair and looking around and criticizing others for not being friends with us will not develop any friendships in our lives. So when we're recognizing that it's just a feeling, it's not fact, then we're taking the next step and looking at ourselves and saying, what can we do to develop the characters that I would love to have? What can I do to be the friend that I would love to have. Those are the first two things that we can do that can really change what's happening with this feeling of loneliness and friendlessness because it will keep us from just wallowing in that spot, so to speak. You may not wake up the next morning with 15 bosom buddies, but that doesn't mean that you're not progressing. That doesn't mean that you're not headed the direction that you would love to go. We can't just see the short term. We have to be thinking about what we're looking for long term. And I need friends in my life. I need those people that will not only be understanding whenever I'm overwhelmed or discouraged, but I also need the friends who know me well enough to look right at me and say, okay, it's time to stop. It's time to stop dwelling on all these feelings when you know they're not the truth. You know that they should not be controlling your actions. We need friends who are going to sharpen us and bring perspective into our lives. And that's one thing that can be just a little bit difficult is we will kind of want to gravitate towards anyone who's just like us, the truth is we're never going to find anyone just like us. But sometimes we'll shy away from others that seem to be different or have a different understanding of the world or different perspectives. And when we do that, we're robbing ourselves of the insight and the strength that they can bring into our lives. We can only know what we know. And I know that that sounds really cliche, but that is the truth. You do not understand what you don't Understand, if you've never dealt with the situation, if you've never heard a different perspective, if you've never asked anyone else what they think, you're stuck in what you know and you're not growing. And to be a good friend, we need to be willing to ask the person sitting across the table from us, you know, I know that I feel really strongly about this topic, but what are your thoughts on it? Because their perspective can bring such a dimension to the way that you're processing something. It is invaluable to have people in your life that are not processing or thinking exactly like you. So we need to be willing to open ourselves up to that, even if it's just a little bit a little bit um, nerve wracking, or it can be a little bit intimidating. But when we've gotten past the shame, so to speak, of admitting that we need to be retrained in an area, we can begin to grow in that area and become strength not only for ourselves, but as I've mentioned, for our children. One thing that I wanted to mention, and I know that I only my oldest child is only eleven, but I have been around children my whole life, I have been involved in the the raising of children my whole life, and I have a wonderful relationship with my father, and I wanted to say that despite what we have been told, we can be friends with our children. There's such a pendulum swing, and I think I've mentioned this in several other episodes, but we there's a, there's a pendulum swing with every thought, with every train of thought. You can either find the middle ground and you can work in a comfortable, in a healthy way in this direction of moderation, or we can swing all the way from one end to the other. And there are many people that have said, I can't be my children's, my child's friend. And then there are some people who are so determined to be their friend that they lose all ability to be their parent. And there's a happy medium in there because what we're doing when we're training our children in character and training them in being just basic, decent citizens, we're also training them on what it looks like to be a friend and to respect those around us. If what we're doing with our children is disrespecting them as a person, Disrespecting who they are, how they feel. This is something they carry with them, whether they want to or not. And you can watch this. This is something that you will see in generations of families where something that someone just despised about their parent, they will carry this into their life with them because this is what they're trained to do. And until we know better, we revert to our training. So until we know to be kind and compassionate and understanding and respectful, we will revert to what we know. Even if it's not the healthy thing, even if it's not the safe thing, it's comfortable because it's what we know. So you can be your child's friend and still be their parent. We don't have to swing so far to one side or the other. You can be their friend in ways of noticing that hey they're not okay today when they walk out of the school just by the set of their jaw or the where their shoulders are you can notice this person you know this person if you're thinking about them not just as your child this person is has had a rough day and that's something that once again as everything that I talk about this is something that was difficult for me and is difficult for me because sometimes i'm so much in mom mode that they kind of just need to fall in line And they just need to be the little obedient children and they're not allowed to have a bad day. They don't really, quote, deserve for me to notice that they're having a rough day. They just need to line up and be respectful to me. And that's something that as a friend, whether with my children or with other friends, people are going to have a bad day. And we need to be willing to be gracious in those moments And that does not mean that all standards and all rules and all expectations just fly out the window. But the way that we implement them and the way that we enforce them can vary depending on the situation that you find yourself in with a friend or with your child. Everything that we cultivate in ourselves is going to bleed down to our children. If we are trying to be respectful, if we're trying to show kindness, if we're trying to be compassionate, our children are going to notice these things. They're going to feed off of the things that we're doing. And so to stop and notice that they have had a bad day and to say it, you know, I'm really sorry that you've had a rough day. And we have had to have this conversation over and over, myself and my oldest child especially so far. I understand that you've had a really rough day. I am here for you no matter what. You can talk to me about anything. The way you speak to me needs to be respectful. Because you've had a bad day doesn't give you the right to be a jerk to everyone around you. The key right here is remembering that the same rules apply to me. Just because I'm the mom doesn't mean that those rules do not apply to me. Just because we are the adults doesn't mean that those rules just fly out the window. Just because we've had a bad day, just because we've been overwhelmed, doesn't mean that we have the right to be a jerk to everyone around us. So... That's difficult for me. It's difficult to not separate and put everybody into these categories that like this person needs to be nice and that person needs to be understanding and that person needs to be compassionate. But I have had a rough day so everyone else needs to be really gracious with me and understanding with me whenever I'm biting everyone's head off. Sometimes we're going to get snappy and one of the things that I have had to learn to do is to be willing to apologize for those moments because it really doesn't matter what has led you to that point. You're still in charge and responsible for your actions. So if we're teaching this to our children, we want our children to grow up with friends. We want to have deep, meaningful friendships in our own lives. We have to first examine what's happening inside of us and what we're allowing to feed the the knowledge and the will for friendship. If all that we're seeing is society, all that we're hearing is the voices and movies and it, all of, just the social media that will just bombard your thoughts all day, you have to purposely say, okay, I'm recognizing in myself that I don't have as much patience as I need, or I'm recognizing in myself that I am extremely critical, that that's my first reaction. I'm recognizing in myself that while I need mercy, I am very slow to give mercy to anyone else. What can I do? What steps can I take? Who can I listen to? What can I feed my heart with that will change this about myself instead of just waiting for everyone around me to change and then make my life better? No one is going to barge into your living room and change your character for you. This is something that we have to choose to do for ourselves. And when you choose to do this and you choose to reach out to those around you, you will be really surprised at how many people are struggling with the same thing when you were just sure you were the one. You were the only one that was feeling it this strongly or feeling this alone. There's a chapter, I'm sorry, a scripture in the Bible. It's in Proverbs, I believe it's 17, verse 17. And it says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother was born for adversity. Now, I have not read this chapter, this scripture to my children yet because having all boys, they would only hear the last part of that verse and they would hear a brother was born for adversity as a way to condone the fact that they want to wrestle and fight and everything's a competition all the time. That does not mean that a brother was born to fight with you. That means that a friend and a brother... The reason we want these situations to grow and these relationships to be born and be cultivated in our lives is because when we are in adversity, we need those relationships. We are not islands. We cannot survive by ourselves. We need those relationships. So the times of cultivating and being long-suffering with your friends or being compassionate to someone that you don't actually understand how they're processing like they're processing or why they're doing the things that they're doing when we are giving those giving those characters towards others, when we are developing that in ourselves and giving those actions to others, that's going to affect what actions we receive whenever we're in times of adversity and we're in times of frustration and we might not be thinking straight and we need a brother to step alongside us or a sister to step alongside us and be able to recognize that, hey, you know, she's not herself right now. He's not himself right now. And be able to love us through this time. We can't always just expect others to do that for us when we have not done that for anyone. So as much as it would be great if we could just sit around and wait for a bestie to fight their way through all of our own inward thoughts. And come find us where we are and be our best friend forever. We can't control everyone else. We can only control what we're doing and the reactions that we're having. The thoughts that we're allowing to control our lives. We have to decide, if I want a friend, I'm going to be friendly. If I want someone to be merciful with me, I'm going to start showing mercy. This is not, like I said, this is not going to happen overnight. All of your characters are not going to change. I know mine sure haven't. And there's a laundry list of things that I'm still working on. But if we set our sights towards being compassionate and being merciful and being gracious with those around us, then we'll steadily move in that direction. And any movement forward is better than moving backwards. And really, when we're setting still, we're moving backwards. You never just set still. That's true of, of anything in life, whether it's losing weight or just walking anywhere. Whenever you're just sitting there, you get more and more tired. Your muscles get more and more weak. Anyway, we could go on about that forever, and I don't even know the correct terminology, so I won't bore y'all with all of that. But we have the ability to be the friend that we wish that we could have. So let's make a decision today that even if it's the tiniest of steps, we're going to take a step towards the characters that we wish we could see in others and let God help us develop those in ourselves because He is the one that can show us what real love and real friendship and what brotherhood and real sisterhood looks like. Have a great week, guys. I'll talk to you next time.